is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great long weekend, dealing with a bit of a lockdown, but fired up for some playoff hockey. We've got Game 3 tonight of the Jets-Oilers series downtown at Bell MTS Place here in Winnipeg. And that means it's time for a special Sunday afternoon playoff edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us. I'm Andrew Patterson, your host, along with the CTO, Michael Remus. Coming up in a few minutes, Ryan Brandt, our old pal from the TSN 1290 Day, is going to join us to talk about Connor Hellebuck's performance so far in this season, get his thoughts on the 2-0 lead for Winnipeg, and then we'll find out how the Jets have been doing it. And we'll dive into the great hockey mind of our pal J.P. Vijay. JP coming up over the course of uh, probably a beyond for about the next hour, I'd say. A little bit of an abbreviated show, but certainly wanted to get on the air today for you to talk Jets-Oilers before tonight's Game 3. As always, we're brought to you by our great family of sponsors, Not Auto Corp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Assiniboia Downs, don't forget, opening day is tomorrow at the track for live racing, albeit with no fans. Breezy Bend Country Club, Aikens Lake, and Cool Bet Canada will uh, hit the lines for the NHL action a little bit later on. Um, let's get right to it and welcome in my guy, Michael Remus. Remo, how's the uh, how's the weekend going so far? Uh, pretty uneventful outside of a uh, huge win for the local hockey side. It's wet. It's a wet one. Uh, so that's all I got to say about the long weekend. Uh, you know, staying inside, not going anywhere, maybe squeezing a walk-in, getting some fresh air so I don't go nuts. But yes, thank, thankfully we have this Jets game to look forward to. Great to see everyone in chat. A lot of the people who are during the week have ventured in here on a Sunday surprise show. Nothing. Someone tweeted at us, so like nothing going on and on the long weekend. So you're going live. I'm like, yep. Basically, like pretty much. What are we gonna do? I mean, also, I mean that Friday game was so amazing. Uh, the Jets winning in overtime, oh. and um, how could we not uh, go on? We have to talk about this because I'd, I'd love I'd love to hear from everybody in the chat, and we'll get into this right now as to where you know how how they remembered the OT winner because um, I'm sure it was the same for you. Um, I was sitting by myself in a room wondering what the hell you do to celebrate, you know, when you're solo. So I just ended up going up to the balcony and yelling walnuts for a Did you? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight out. Walnuts! <laughs> I, I think, like a lot of people, was pretty fired up. I mean, Paul Stastny. Um, you know, Remo, I think one of... I was talking about the Logan Stanley take from early on as being mm-hmm. the best Winnipeg sports talk take. Uh, the new contender for best take on this program might be the TSN turning point of the entire season being the silver stick ceremony and the two little mini sticks to the young Stasnys. Because from then on, being led by Mr. 1000, the Jets have been a heck of a lot better. And I really do think back to his speech after, what was it, the Edmonton game? The 6-1 game about kind of looking themselves in the mirror and turning around. Anyways, he's been such a big part of it. Um, and just, I mean, what a moment. I mean, a big moment in Winnipeg Jets history. Uh, the worst thing about it was there were no fans. But, uh, man, people are fired up, as they should be, as the Jets have you know, managed to come back from Edmonton up to nothing. Uh, how, how do you remember the winning goal? Yeah, and I know a lot of people in chat are asking, Ehlers is in. And Ehlers was the one on this program who said Paul Stasny was the smartest player he's played with. And you saw the brain power of number 25 on Friday. Uh, you know, nice zone entry. 
he's off to the side. Um, you know, he saw uh, Mike Smith getting screened by former Jet Dmitry Kulikov. I think was was Bear, was Bear in there as well. Anyways, he saw the screen, flicked a shot to the net. And again, I was sitting there being like, man, this would be so much more fun watching with people, being able to celebrate. But as soon as that puck went in, I mean, you're so surprised that a shot like that went in. And when they needed, you know, getting the 2 nothing lead so huge. And I screamed. I was like, oh, I was like going nuts. <laughs> Thankfully, didn't wake anyone up. I don't know how um, in the house. But I tweeted out. I'm like, oh, my God. I just screamed like so loud alone in my basement. And everyone is tweeting at me. I got a ton of comments saying, oh, I just woke up my dog. Woke up my wife. She's not happy. Woke up the kids. I went outside. <laughs> Someone tweeted, I went outside. So I didn't wake up anyone. I don't know. That was just, like, your instant reaction, seeing that puck go in there. Because there was no, like, you know when you see, like, a one-timer, you can kind of anticipate, okay, this puck is going to end up going in or has a really good chance. But you're like, okay, yeah, Stasny doesn't have much of a play. Just do the smart thing in OT, you know, slap it on or, you know, do a quick wrister on net. Float it in there. I mean, it was just a – he said he saw it. So it was, it was awesome. Uh, well done. And we haven't even touched on, uh, you know, all the great shot blocking, uh, the defense – did such Pay a good the job. Price. Yeah, Pay and the price. Yeah, and the uh, price. And Dylan DeMello uh, putting the ha- on his back with the hands in the air, uh, blocking one from McDavid. That just summed oh. up the night. No, that the hand of God, as uh, Murat Atesh referred to it in the post-game scrum, um, maybe the most memorable save. We're talking so much about Connor Hellebuck and how brilliant he's been, but that could be a save people will be talking about for a long time around these parts. Um Great to see everyone joining us on this impromptu show in the chat. There, I see our friends at Assiniboia Downs are here. What's up, ASD? Can't wait for tomorrow. Live racing beginning. And, um, of course, for tomorrow, as well as every live racing day, it's going to start Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, 645. Um, Kirk and the boys get things fired Mm -hmm. up in the ASD live show beforehand to give us some ideas of who we should be betting on. Remiss and I are going to be going head-to-head with some daily wagers at hpibet.com. So if you want to get ready for opening day, um, you can do it right now, hpibet.com. Get that account ready, and tomorrow they'll be going to the post at 7.20 p.m. for the first of 50 live racing dates this year at Assiniboia Downs. Um, do want to thank our friends at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team, and they'll even help you consign your present vehicle. Find out more at Waverly and McGilvery or visit them online at not.ca and uh remo before we get to ryan we got to give a big shout out to uh, dq nick um a great performance in the marble race finishing a close second to the sheriff gregory liverpool and a congratulations to greg too who did pick up the cake yesterday and in ultimate gfl fashion came with an amazing tweet showing that it was buckled up in the back seat and Greg treating his victory, to quote him, like the Stanley Cup. I, uh, I, I, you love to see it. I am. I gotta find this thing. Oh, here it is. Let me just pull up this picture. We had a great, you know, we had a great uh, week of DQ giveaways, and we you know Benji won the cake on Wednesday. iPhone Benj. I posted that on our Instagram. So if you're not following us on Instagram, you can see the wheel spin. And the picture of the winner with the cake, and I will get on our Instagram picture of uh, G Liverpool Gregory with his uh, with his cake. Hold on, I gotta I gotta bring it up here. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> figure it it's, out. If uh, anybody has met Greg before, um, you know he's the best. But he also has a has a special way of 
announcing victories and the there, swag the the swag level is off the charts right now. Yeah. There he is, the GFL. It's the cake. the cake. Like buckled it buckled into the backseat. That is some precious. Read, read the cargo. tweet. Read the tweet too, Reem, because it's uh, it's uh, amazing. Treating the first ever Winnipeg Sports Talk Nick Nicky DQ victory like the Stanley Cup. Hashtag always number one. So. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best. That's pretty good. Uh, Greg and I were going at it with Gary Lawless yesterday on Twitter in the aftermath of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, that was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, so thanks again. I think there may be a DQ run this afternoon or tomorrow mm-hmm. before uh, before one of I, these two games. Try the drumstick blizzard. Everyone's talking about it. Nick has told me it is the best. Um, all right. We've got JP VJ coming up in a few minutes, but let's uh, welcome in our good friend, one Ryan Brandt, to the program. RB, a, a very happy individual right now, I'm sure, because um, word on the street is that you went in to your annual playoff draft with um, from back in your home parts, which is Leaf Country, and the Leafs' healthy scratches were all getting picked by before the Jets. And uh, even though there hasn't been a ton of offense so far, you got to feel good about the uh, Jets if you're in a playoff pool right now. What's going on? Yeah, that's right, Huston. Well, I appreciate the fact that I had some friends giving a shout out to Winnipeg's Adam Brooks when fifth round <laughs> comes around and Blake Wheeler is still available. And I've already scooped up Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele. I thought, mm, I think I might have to dive in a little bit more into this one in the same round where Jason Spezza and Justin Hall went hustler. So it just shows where Ontarians maybe are at on the Jets chances in the series. Uh, but uh, it works out for me just fine. That Jets top line couple of empty netters in game one uh, padding my stat line uh, early on those are tough pools if anyone else is in big time pools it's sometimes tough to figure out uh, where you're going to be making your picks because most of the love goes to the, the same teams i think the entire abs roster went well and i'll tell you what a team like winnipeg that was maybe a little bit slept on that now has a very good chance of moving on to that second round i mean it could be it could be great well we'll have lots of time to figure in you know i'm really I don't pay too close attention till the end of the first round. I said, okay, how many guys do you have left? Who's still there? Who's going forward? But as far as this series goes, Ryan, um, I mean, the Jets are up 2 nothing. Not a lot of people had that. And I will say this with the caveat, these games have been incredibly close. It's not like it has been complete domination by Winnipeg. Um, it could be 1-1. Heck, it probably could be 2-0 on the other side. Were it not for Connor Hellebuck's continued brilliance and a Jets team that is defending and playing with a commitment to defending with that five-man unit, unlike anything we saw in the regular season. What have you thought about the first two games? Well, I think it's amazing to just see the way that the depth has come out to, to play so far in this series. And what Logan Stanley is able to do and just adding in someone who's big has that reach and is making smart decisions. He's made it a very easy choice for Paul Maurice to keep playing him in that, in that pairing with Tucker Pullman. And that makes his job easy. Seeing Dominic Toninato probably out tonight, right? Again, with Nikolai Ehlers jumping back in is kind of funny to see because of how great he's played since actually getting a chance to, to be a part of this Jets team. They have a lot of depth. I think that that was where if you were looking at the Oilers and the Jets and you say, well, you have dry silo McDavid on the other side, the Jets advantage is they have Connor Hellebuck and by the looks of things, a much deeper team, which added Pierre-Luc Dubois in game two and now adds Nikolai Ehlers in game three. That speaks to the, maybe the depth advantage the Jets have, and we'll see what the Oilers try and do to counter it. I, I know Paul Maurice was mentioning he's expecting them to throw a lot at the Jets and probably a busy night for Connor Hellebuck ahead. Well, and, and speaking of that, um, the Oilers have um, 
shake apparently the way it's looking coming out of the morning skate have significantly shaken up the lineup. James Neal, Alex Chason, who killed the Jets at times in the regular season, out, and Dominic Cahoon, who was in the top six at the beginning. They're all out. Shore's coming in, Haas is coming in, and Tyler Ennis is coming in. So it seems like they're gonna try and add a bit more speed to the lineup, Ryan. But again, I'm not too I'm not sure how much it matters if you're you know, moving the deck chairs around in the bottom six for the Oilers because as long as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are playing together on that top line, the Jets have a pretty clear mission on who they need to stop. Yeah, and it shows just kind of what a different setup the Oilers have compa- compared to the Jets. When Dominic Cahoon's flanking Ryan Nugent Hopkins one night and out of the lineup the other night, that would be unheard of for Winnipeg to be pulling someone out of their top six or or even their top nine. But I think a lot of the credit so far for shutting down McDavid and Drysaddle goes to the work the Jets defensemen have been doing. But also, I think we're starting to see a really active Blake Wheeler and that whole right side, the right-hand side of the Jets has just been able to dominate the other flank for the Oilers so far in this series. We've seen some good work from Wheeler. I think Mason Appleton's been really good at, at times too to kind of help out on that line. And now you have two really solid shutdown options to, to face the McDavid or the dry saddle group tonight when Ehlers comes back in and cop gets bumped back down with Adam Lowry. Yeah. The, the return of Ehlers, let's talk about that for a minute because you know it was interesting. And I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know how much to take at face value with some of these interviews that we're getting right now, both from players and coaches. Um, I believe it was said that, you know, Ehlers wanted to come back in in game two, but Maurice didn't want to put them both in, in the same game. And, Hey, listen, I'm not going to argue if they got the win right now. And I think, you know, big picture, the extra couple days of rest, I think probably, especially with the shoulder injury, as we suspect, probably gives Ehlers a better chance of getting back in closer to 100% staying healthy. Um, But man, Ryan, you think about how different that second line looks today with Dubois and Ehlers as opposed to Veselainen and Kopp. And the fact that the Jets are in the situation they're in, huge opportunity tonight to Um, make the most of the opportunity at home, the last change. And here's a question for you, I guess, as it relates to Ehlers. Um, Now that Maurice does have the last change, I would imagine that the Connor McDavid dry sidle job will be focused on Adam Lowry and Mark Shifley's line. Could be some pretty juicy matchups for that second line put back together for tonight's game. Yeah, and especially with Pierre-Luc Dubois getting yet another game under his belt. And we all saw what he did in the playoffs last year for the Columbus Blue Jackets with Ehlers, too. And I know that the series against Calgary last year in the bubble did not go great for the Winnipeg Jets. But one good thing maybe you take out of it, if you're Nikolai Ehlers or if you're a Jets fan expecting to see what he can do in this series, it's the fact he got the monkey off his back last year. So it's not like he's coming in off of an injury and we're talking about how he can't score in the playoffs. He's proved that he can. And we're going to get to see an example of it tonight. And as you mentioned, with the way Paul Stasny's going, and as I said with Pierre-Luc Dubois getting another game in, I think it could be a good night for Ehlers to, to get settled and, and get some good touches on the puck and have a lot of the attention being put on the Jets' top line and, and the third line instead of that second unit, which is uh, has an opportunity to really buzz around the offensive zone. I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fourth line because in these two games, I mean... First things first, Nate Thompson assisted on the first and second goals, the tying and the winning goal in the first game. And then again, Ryan, we saw five minutes left in the game, 0-0. And Coach Paul Maurice not too concerned about having his fourth line out at times against the McDavid line. And that is almost inconceivable if you think about prior fourth lines for the Winnipeg Jets, maybe outside of the 2018 playoff run. 
Yeah, there's potential for them to start to find some improvements in the faceoff circle. It hasn't gone so well in the first two games, but when you go kind of down that that middle group for the Jets with Lowry and Stastny and Nate Thompson, you expect that to to turn around and in the offense in the defensive zone at playing at home, we'll maybe see some of those matchups coming into play for this Jets team. But Thompson made a couple of really good defensive plays in the last game too, breaking up a few sticks, as you mentioned, just being frustrating uh, on, on Connor McDavid. And we're seeing a Jets team that right now can run four lines, and that's great to see because this is kind of that weird setup we get this week with the Jets playing tonight and then going right back at it tomorrow. So I don't think we're going to see a shortened bench today. Yeah, no, I think Trevor Lewis has been awesome. And that line with Matthew Perot moving back down to the four hole, um, to be honest, Ryan, I think is, you know, the strongest line that we've seen all year. Although can't really say too many bad things about Dominic Tarnanato and what he did since coming into the lineup. And, you know, there's a guy in Jets now in a situation where both Veselainen and Tarnanato, I think, really acquitted themselves well. Um, and listen, you hope that you'll stay healthy and go forward, but... They are in a pretty advantageous situation when it comes to their forwards, especially considering some of the more desperate moves I think we're seeing Dave Tippett go to tonight, knowing that his team is in a 2-0 hole and can't afford to go down 3-zip. Yeah, and they have to beat uh, Mr. Connor Hellebuck at some point in this series. I, you know, I think it would be silly to expect that Connor McDavid will be shut out in this entire series, but you can definitely say the Jets have done a great job at limiting what he's able to do. But I still am not over... There's the simplicity of how Connor Hellebuck has just gotten the way of Connor McDavid shots. There was one Huss, I think it was in the first period of game two, where you know Hellebuck set up in his reverse VH along the post. He's kind of got his upper body there. McDavid throws a shot in, and I don't even know if Hellebuck was looking at it. Like he just kind of just took it, like thank you, and moved on. Very robotic. I call him Mr. Big and Boring Huss, but the the way that he's been playing so far in these playoffs. I think we need to knight him soon. We can do Sir Big and Boring at some point in this playoff run if it keeps going the way that it has because it's not just the fact that Connor Hellebuck is shutting down these Oilers players. It's always the way he does it. He plays such a confident game, and when he's hot, he's making those big saves look real easy, and there's been a few times in this series where he did that, and I don't know if many of us were even that phased with the way that Oilers 5-on-3 went in Game 2, and then Hellebuck kicks it one out on Leon Dreisaitl, and, and you knew that it was probably going to be a safe kill for that for that hockey club. All right, Ryan Brandt of CJOB is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. JP Vijay coming up in a few minutes. Um, lots of action in the chat, Ryan, and first I'll get you to address this. Uh, a couple of people have said, does, is it just me or does Ryan Brandt look like Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Have you, oh. ever, have you ever got the, uh, the Nuge comparisons before? Uh, yes, I, I have, uh, Hustler. <laughs> I, I've got a few of those uh, that have come up, but um, <laughs> the Nuge is, is definitely one that, that can kind of get out there. I would give a shout out. I'll give a shout out to my friend Pat McKay at CTV Saskatoon Hustler, who was mistaken by children at an Oilers game that I was at when they were playing a preseason game in Saskatoon and I was working there and a group of kids came up to him, you know, local news guys wearing a suit and the healthy scratches were sitting a couple rows above us. So there are some kids asking for autographs. So I can't really take the reign of being the top Ryan Nugent Hopkins lookalike in Canadian media, but uh, it, this, this isn't the first time that I've gotten one of those and I'll take anything where these guys are young. Huss. I'll keep that as long as I can. Hey, the new, the Nuge is a cutie. You could be, uh, you could be compared <laughs> to, to many, uh, many worse uh, NHLers. That's for sure. Oh, and shout out to energy 21 design energy's in here. If you've seen, Check his Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
does some great graphic work and has a uh, a t-shirt out with the uh, Bucky saves, if you will. A <laughs> bit of a religious theme, but uh, he has been the savior of the Winnipeg Jets. So check that out. Really uh, thought that was cool. Shout out to Energy for uh, making that happening. Oh, and look at this. DQ Nick with us in YouTube on the golf course right now. Golfing and listening, even after two at the bone. Love to see it, Nick. Um, we may have to do another marble race coming up. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow for uh, for another cake. Although it was so popular, I think that could be a Friday. We're going to do these cakes on game days. Fridays, though, we'll, we'll figure out any excuse to do that because that was just a, a captivating way to end the week <laughs> with uh, with Gregory winning, uh, winning it all. Um, let me ask you this quickly, Ryan, because, uh, I mean, obviously we're paying attention to the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. Big win for the Leafs last night. Big response, I thought. Um a weird game for Montreal, though. Got into penalty troubles. And I still, I was on uh, Sirius XM this morning with Dave McCarthy, and we spent about five minutes trying to wonder what in the world Montreal saw that caused them to challenge that that goal for goal interference last night. It just seemed like uh, it was had no chance of winning, and it was almost like they were throwing in the towel at that point. Yeah, it kind of sounded like maybe someone in the press box was pointing at the screen and saw something that none of us we're seeing there's a great meme circulating on social media where they replaced the press box TV with a picture of Austin Matthews and it's Bergevin doing the point at the screen and saying, <laughs> where can we find one of those? Uh, they could use one certainly. And there's not a lot of teams that could lose a player, the quality of John Tavares and still be able to go out there and put out an onslaught of offense like Toronto did. But yeah, I still have no idea, you know, what Montreal was thinking going for a challenge there. We know that sometimes losing a challenge and losing one that clearly really takes a lot of momentum out of a hockey game and your team's already been scored on. So it really just made no sense to me there. Um, uh, Eric in the chat, Haas, where's the white playoff gear? It's a great question. I figured I would have to address that at some point today. Excuse me. Um, this shirt right here, folks, is 2-0 and in the playoffs. <laughs> so I was obviously always planning, and I've got my We Are Winnipeg white hoodie behind me. Um, but you guys can vote. Should I go to the white because it's a home game or do I keep the two and O shirt on going forward? I, Ryan, you know, I mean, I know superstitions are sort of crazy, but you, you never want to have to look yourself in the mirror and go, did I do that? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure the jets will be able to figure it out for themselves, but white or blue that, that is a tough question for tonight, considering everything that goes into this evening's game. Well, you're talking to a goalie who still puts his skates on left foot, right foot, left pad, right pad, glove, blocker, <laughs> helmet last. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Huss. Go okay. with what's working for you, man. Yeah, okay, Eric, you know what? Keep the 2-0 and shirt. Nick, no, no, no. Keep the 2-0. and Keep the 2-0. and All right, it's done. I'll stay with this. If they lose, <laughs> we'll go to the white for the next home game. But so far, uh, we're, we're, so, we're so far so good. Hey, want to give a shout out to uh, Mike Venusio. Mike, first time being able to join us live. Great to see you in with us. Uh, obviously, probably consuming it on podcast as many people do. But yeah, it's certainly great to have you in with us live and heck of a lot of fun. And I have to thank everyone that's with us. I'm kind of blown away by how many people are are with us today. We didn't really say we were doing this show. We just fired out a couple tweets that we were going to go on. But thanks to everyone that's a subscriber. If you're new here and you haven't been with us before, Hit the red subscribe button, and if you wouldn't mind, hit that thumbs up too. Uh, the likes certainly help us as we try to grow the channel here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, what's been your favorite series uh, south of the border? I'm starting to like this Nashville one, Huss. 
just the atmosphere that the 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 game one and two no game three i came in and went this one will be one to to keep an eye on the pittsburgh islander series i think is still the most exciting and it's great to see you know brandon tanev coming to light among uh hockey fans around the world just getting to discover what we got to see (laughs) in winnipeg for a while but the the one i'm paying the most attention to about to get underway is that nashville carolina series the preds have i think twelve thousand fans coming in for tonight's game uh, at bridgestone so it gives a great atmosphere, gives us some signs of what will hopefully be coming uh, in Canada pretty soon. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to this one tonight. And bad news right now for Cole Perfetti and Team Canada at the World Hockey Championship. Um, Getting pumped right now, 3-0 against the U.S. midway through the second period. And Ryan, it is sort of crazy looking at the rosters of both Canada and the U.S. I mean, there is not uh, very many household names on either of these clubs that... I think it sort of speaks to the crazy season that the National Hockey League went through. Um, but at the same time, a good opportunity for some younger players, especially a guy like Cole Perfetti, who I believe is on the fourth line today for Canada, just to get that experience that they might not normally have had the opportunity to get. Yeah, lots of players like that. Uh, Brandon Weekings captain, Braden Schneiders with that Canadian team too. This isn't usually something you'd see. Maybe one standout younger player getting a look from Hockey Canada, but I think that's maybe what you take out of it. It's great to see someone like Cole Perfetti get a chance in this, but this isn't uh, you know the Canadian team that's going over there expecting uh, or having our expectations of just running the table and winning uh, another gold medal to to bring home but i i know people in latvia are pretty excited like to for them to beat canada <laughs> in any stage no matter did you, know, you what, see what they what, did after the game no so latvia beats canada and all the latvian fans went and laid flowers at the steps of the canadian embassy oh come on <laughs> Good for them, though. That's the thing. Like, it, w- it wouldn't matter, you know, if it was a C team, D team, a Z team that Canada's bringing over there. You know, if you're beating them, that's a big moment for your national hockey program, no matter what. So, you know, hats off to them for putting it out there. I was a big Santa's Ozelinch guy, Huss. So, um, I'm I'm down with seeing what they're doing out over there. That's a, that's amazing. Oh man, Ryan, listen, great stuff. Um, where can people find you on Twitter? And of course, let the people know uh, you're back at CGOB. By the way, I'll be on with Kelly and John Shannon today, four thirty kick off the CGOB pro uh, pregame show but uh keeping you busy uh, over there yes they are I'll be uh yeah I'll have the news for you in about three minutes so I'll be heading in to, to do it live in a in a second so uh, we'll get ready for that well I guess that's your cue to get out that's uh, exactly it <laughs> thanks thanks for doing this dude we'll catch yeah, up soon again. enjoy the game tonight yeah talk soon Bye. all right there is our guy Ryan Brandt uh, now back with CGOB but a great friend of ours um big part of the warm-up along with Michael Remus and I for the last couple of years back on uh, on Pembina Highway uh we're gonna get to the nuts and bolts of how the Jets have done this. How are they up to nothing right now? What have been the keys? We'll dive into the hockey mind of our friend JP Vijay in just a minute. Um, do want to give a shout out to Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg Sports Talk's official brew. Um, I have showed you. We've got the the new, the uh, summer lager right there. The Hefeweizen, which looks like an invisible beer when I put it up here on the green screen. It's definitely, well, it might be invisible after you crack it shortly. Um, But anyways, littlebrownjug.ca, they relaunched the website. You can get home delivery right now while everyone's staying home. Uh, And whether it's a 1919, a Hefeweizen, incredible beers and great supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, Awesome having Little Brown Jug on board with us. And of course, Boston Pizza, it's game day. I had the pizza flights for game two. Along with some wings, it was an elite order. I will suggest that tonight. But you also might want to go to the game day deal, which has the spicy pierogi pizza, 
the Meteor, and a case of wings, 24. You can get those online at bostonpizza.ca or give them a call for takeout and delivery from any of the local locations. All right, um, let's welcome in the man himself, J.P. Vijay, for the first time on Winnipeg Sports Talk. J.P., how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you, Huss? Hanging in there. Um, not a lot going on for this long weekend other than the Jets Oilers. So we said, oh, what the heck? We may as well fire it up on Sunday and do a show. And uh, really appreciate you joining us. It was a great opportunity to get back, chop it up, because uh, obviously a lot of excitement going into tonight's Game 3 with the way the Jets have been able to win the first two of this series. What have you thought so far? Well, it's been a Winnipeg Jets team that we have not seen. Uh, I think, you know, the struggles at the end of the year, the questions that came about, everything that was leading up to the playoffs did not bode well for the Winnipeg Jets. Sure, a couple wins uh, to finish off the, the thing, the season, but from then on, wow, have we seen a Winnipeg Jets team that is way different uh, from the way they've played during the season to the playoffs. It has been night and day. What? So, JP, you saw the team struggle down the road, down the stretch. They lost seven in a row, nine of ten. And I think back to the 6-1 loss to the Oilers and Paul Stastny afterwards saying, you know, this has been creeping up on us for a while, 10 to 15 games. We need to get back and focus. And I'm not sure whether that was the turning point or after the Montreal game, but they sort of bottomed out that week and then have been building from there. And I know a lot of people rolled their eyes at Paul Maurice saying that this sort of adversity can and will make us better for the playoffs, but it certainly seems like that has been the case. How and why has that been the case, JP? Well, to go back to the start of the season, let's be very clear on that. The bottom out is normally when uh, everyone on the team has their amen moment. And the difficulty with a team like the Winnipeg Jets is that amen moment can take longer to get to. When you have the likes of a Connor Hellebuck who can steal a game here or there, a guy like Mark Scheifele who can have a three, four point night and really carry the team for a night or two, that really holds off on that amen moment. And when it finally hit, I think everyone realized for them to win, they have to play a certain way. And I think that's the big thing. And we've seen it in these first two games against the Edmonton Oilers. To me, the, the biggest discrepancy we've seen is the forecheck. Uh, we are used to seeing two men hard on the puck, chasing that puck down, third man high and going to get it. And the Winnipeg Jets have gotten away from that almost the whole game. We are looking at a one-man forecheck. And if there is any pressure, then the second man activates. And at that point, then the Jets are in full forecheck mode. But we have seen them blow out of the zone and back up and allow the Edmonton Oilers time to come at them. But they're not they're not being overly aggressive at that point. They're waiting till the neutral zone. So for the likes of Connor McDavid, Yamamoto, Leon Dreisaitl, they don't they're not allowed to gain speed with that puck and have gaps between the Jets forwards and D. Right now we're seeing a five-man unit very compact. And that's something we haven't seen for most of the season because the Winnipeg Jets have been pushing the pace forward and having their D-man back here. So there's been a gap, and that's why during the regular season, Connor McDavid made him look silly on occasion because he had so much time with the puck. And, you know, it's interesting on that. It seems like Dave Tippett is trying to go to a much speedier lineup. It looks like there's going to be three changes. Um, no Neil, <clears throat> excuse me, no Alex Chason, and no Dominic Cahoon, who started off in the top six, bringing in Shore, Haas, and Tyler Ennis. Um Put yourself in Dave Tippett's shoes right now, JP, considering the lineup changes and the desperate, urgent nature of their plight going into tonight. What is Tippett going to try to do to the Winnipeg Jets that they weren't able to do in games one and two? 
play Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for about 55 minutes. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I think that's exactly what he's doing. He's going to look for a speedy lineup. Uh, the big bruisers aren't doing anything to the Winnipeg Jets. So maybe the buzz sauce can come out and create some turnovers and then eat the Winnipeg Jets up in the neutral zone. The key isn't going to be who comes in and out uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. The, the key is going to be who, what can the Winnipeg Jets do at the same pace that they've been doing. Uh, it, it, the old adage of changing a guy on a third or fourth line isn't going to win you a game, right? If Nothing against the likes of a, a, a Lewis or Matthew Pearl, but if you bring them out and bring someone else in for nine or ten minutes, that's not game changer, right? You hope that the guys come in and do the right things. But right now, I believe uh, you're going to see Edmonton go to a speedy game, try and get through that neutral zone a little bit quicker. I anticipate seeing double chips, something we haven't seen. And for people who don't understand that, is they're going to go D to D up the wall, and then the first chip to the winger, and that centerman or the far winger coming in through hard, uh, that is something Dave Tippett used to do a lot of. And I think you'll see him come back to that double chip and getting speed and pressure on the Winnipeg Jets. Once they're in the zone, that's a different Edmonton Oilers team. They're able to use their speed and dry sidle and McDavid come around and, and move everything over almost like in a mini power play and then attack the net. That's what I think they'll look to do. They've been trying to bully the Winnipeg Jets for two games, and that has not worked. Zach Caston and company have been non-factors uh, getting to the net. Uh, you know, And also the Winnipeg Jets, let's be realistic, the decor, that stepped up a lot. When you can have... Uh, non-seeing glove saves from Dylan DeMello. That goes a long way in the playoffs to winning a game, right? Uh, at some point, you got to be lucky, but the Winnipeg Jets have bought in. Their D-man have not even gone up the ice once for a rush. They are staying back. They are staying in their lanes and being very patient. You know, JP, I'm glad you brought that up. And, you know, it sort of ties into what we just talked about, you know, the third and fourth line as well. Um, you know, you're not expecting the fourth line to change games, but what can be game-changing is when your fourth line is able to hold their own the way the Winnipeg Jets fourth line has been. I mean, you know, a year in the past, you would have never thought that a Jet fourth line would be out with five minutes left in a 0-0 playoff game against Connor McDavid. But there they were on a number of occasions in the first couple of games. And then the biggest concern about the Jets all year long has been the blue line. And I would offer to you that the combination of Tucker Pullman and Logan Stanley, who played all of probably about five minutes together in the regular season have both acquitted themselves as well as anyone could have imagined. I mean, in game one, their ice time was just two minutes off of Pionk and Forbort. Um, talk about the contributions of the fourth line and especially that third defense pairing, if you would. Well, yeah, well, that fourth line, uh, you know, we say they don't get to be game changers, but they scored the game winner one <laughs> night. Uh, they, they, you know, Tanato hasn't played a handful of games for the Winnipeg Jets. He's in the lineup contributing. And I think the luxury of having those veterans, Lewis and Thompson, uh, go out against McDavid, to buy a breath of air for Shifley and Wheeler to do a little more offensively is exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need. And now Paul Maurice can trust those guys because Lewis and Thompson can skate with anybody. They're fast. They know where to go. And you know Thompson, as soon as he's on the ice against McDavid, he doesn't even look at the puck almost. I'm sorry to say, I saw him chase McDavid around for a whole shift and just stay right beside him and not allow him to do anything, which is what you have to do. Uh, it's the old shadow trick. You don't see it happen a whole lot anymore. They're coming out. They're going to be after uh, blood tonight. And I, I think the, the first 10 or 15 minutes of the game could really dictate a lot uh, for the Winnipeg Jets and for the Edmonton Oilers, who seem to have a little bit of doubt creep into their game, which they did not have down the stretch. And it's the opposite for the Winnipeg Jets. And the third pairing, oh, Poolman and Stanley, what more do you want? They kill penalties. They block shots. They get near grill. 
I think having Pullman away from Josh Morrissey alleviates the expectation of him being a top pair defenseman and he can just go play his game. His game is nasty. He's rough. He gets in your grill. And now he's allowed to jump in the play because, you know, Logan Stanley is not jumping up on the play. He doesn't have green light to do that yet. So Pullman gets to jump in, scores the game uh, opening goal the other night. And I think that just boosts their confidence and that little nasty edge that both of them play with makes it very difficult uh, for the opposition to come out. And I think the changes that Tippett's doing is to try and outskate those two guys uh, tonight. I think that'll be an interesting matchup to see. Can the, the speedy Oilers push the pace on Pullman and Stanley, especially in the defensive zone with them zipping and diving all over the place? Well, and, and Vij, speaking of Stanley, I mean, I've been pumping his tires for the last couple months as we've seen him grow, his confidence, his contribution to the club. But I will say, I mean, his PK shift on, um, was it Friday, with the poke check on McDavid and then smoking Dreisaitl into the boards? I mean, that's another aspect of his game we haven't seen a lot of. And early returns are very good with Logan Stanley helping out on that side of special teams. Basically, from day one of the season, he's probably been one of the uh, surprises of the season for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, no one even had him penciled in to be a top six defenseman, top seven, top eight, might even be questionable. He comes in, earns a spot right off the bat, and really, he got taken out for veteran players, but not on merit. It was more on a veteran and rookie kind of thing. To me, he has shown all year that he's capable of playing. His foot speed has improved so much. He's cleared from that knee injury that for a big guy, it takes a long time. I've gone through a knee injury. I'm not nearly as big as that guy, and it sucks. It took me almost a full year to recover and feel normal. Now add, he's probably got 50 pounds on me. He's got seven inches. It takes a long time to get your foot speed back up, the confidence in the knee, the edging on the ice, the battle in the corners, all those little details takes a long time to come back. And I think he could be a cornerstone for the Winnipeg Jets. Is he going to be your big, sexy player? No. But he can be a guy who kills penalties, blocks shots, gets the odd goal. He's got a, a great eye around the net. He, he makes a good first pass. What more do you want? The Jets can score tons of goals. Let's worry about stopping him at the other end. And he just goes like, wings out like this, and you can't get by him. <laughs> JP VJ with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Getting ready for Game 3 tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers. What did you make of Josh Morrissey's struggles at times this season? Um, because at 27 minutes uh, on in Game 2 and a strong performance in Game 1, whatever it was seems to have really turned around when they needed it the most. And I imagine some credit probably goes to his defense partner, Dylan DeMello, and the calming influence that he's had on 44. Uh, and that's a, a good starting point right there. And I think early on in the season, when Paul Maurice had DeMello with Morrissey, DeMello was playing catch-up kind of chased the start of the season, didn't get comfortable. And it's kind of like a, a Pierre-Luc Dubois coming in, getting trying to chase this season, quarantining, coming back, getting hurt, trying to find a rhythm with a new team. Well, Dylan DeMello didn't get to play that much more than uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, a few extra games last year before the season gets shut down. So I think they're still trying to find each other. And I think Josh Morrissey almost looks like he's playing, I don't want to say carefree, but he doesn't care that he's the number one guy anymore. It seemed to weigh on him earlier in the season that he was the man. He was going to play all the minutes, play against the top guns. And I think he's just said, you know what? I can only do what I can do. I can only play how I play. So I can't, I, the added pressure I'm giving to myself is actually slowing me down. And I think that not carefree, but just that I got to play my game to be the best I can be has really helped him 
do everything because he can. He can join the rush. He's good defensively. His stick's always in a great place. But now he's confident in that ability and he's not second-guessing himself to have to do everything. He does what he can. He jumps up when he can. He plays defense when he needs to. And, and that's the Josh Morrissey we've grown to love. JP Vijay with us here, getting ready for game three between the Jets and Oilers tonight. Um, let's get back to Ehlers' return to the lineup. And, and maybe we'll, I'll, I'll combine this because, of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois just came back um, at the, you know, for last for last game. So we've seen some, you know, a change each game to that second line. Uh, but now with Stastny, Dubois, and Ehlers, the Jets set up for, you know, obviously their top second line that Paul Maurice can ice. And when you consider, JP, that, you know, Adam Lowry and Mark Scheifele's line in most likelihood will be playing big minutes against McDavid's line, certainly does give some potential juicy matchups for Paul Maurice with that second line. But um, just maybe, how did you, what did you think of Dubois? How did he look to you in game number two? And what do you expect from this unit now that Nikolai Ehlers, after such a great season, is back in the lineup tonight? Well, one, I think a, a hungry Nikolai Ehlers is probably going to be the starting point uh, for whatever we're doing. Uh, I think the hungrier he is, the more he skates. He's a guy who can put fear into any defenseman uh, coming in. And I think the key will be where does Paul Maurice slot them in? And right now, I think Paul Maurice is going to look to slot them in against Edmonton's third and fourth line, uh, depending on the matchups. Uh, he's got last change. Uh, to me, I think the complement of the three players has the potential to be a dynamic line. Nikolai Ehlers with the zone entry, the flying around, uh, you know, making things happen, getting to loose holes, creating turnovers through his speed and, and getting in on the forecheck in a different way. But the strength of Pierre-Luc Dubois in the corners, which is starting to develop more and more. Um, and I think having him on the wing is going to allow him to get in on the forecheck, create more turnovers and hold on to that puck. So for when Ehlers comes around and, and dips and then he can just chip it to open areas to Ehlers, and Stastny is kind of that glue in the middle who can deliver both pucks to both sides. He can take face-offs. He can be that, that the chain link that makes the line go. So I think the potential is there. We need to see if, if Stastny and Dubois can play at Ehlers' speed. Because you know tonight, Nikolai Ehlers is going to be probably on Mach 7. He's going to be so excited after the playoffs of last year's success uh, and getting that kind of monkey off his back of playoff success and not getting into it right away. He's going to be at full turbo. Stastny and Dubois just better put on their jets because he's going to be flying. They're going to have to keep up to him. And I think that chemistry could be very interesting, especially if you think they're playing against a third or fourth line of the Edmonton Oilers. Because you know Maurice is going to go Shifley's line, Lowry's line. And I may even think he might even go Lewis's line before he goes Stastny's line because any of those three lines can play against McDavid and Dreisaitl, allowing that you know, the Jets' unsung second line to play against third or fourth line matchups, they could eat them alive. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you mentioned the zone entries with Ehlers. Um, you know, that's going to be a huge boost to the Jets' attack, I think, because that is one thing that has, still has been problematic for the Jets is getting possession in the offensive <clears throat> zone. They have resorted to a lot of dump-ins, and with a goaltender like Mike Smith that handles the puck the way he does, it can be going back the other way pretty darn fast. Yeah, and he's done that a few times, and he's bypassed the defenseman and shot that puck all the way to the far blue. I think the key for the Jets is where they're going to dump that puck. And I think they've been dumping a lot of pucks behind the net, and that's right in his wheelhouse. He steps out, i.e. like Marty Brodeur come out. He's that third defenseman and bypasses the whole forecheck and kills everything. I think the Jets have to be soft in their dumps, neither rim it really hard or soft chip to get just into that corner where the Jets can get two guys closing in on one defenseman 
But the key will be is, do they have time in the neutral zone? Because I think Edmonton is going to do exactly what the Winnipeg Jets have done for two games. They're going to back off that forecheck and wait for a turnover. We're going to see a – this could be a, a boring 2-1 game tonight of neutral zone trap from both teams because both teams are looking to counter. And I think the Winnipeg Jets have done it for two games. Dave Tippett, known for being very patient and very deliberate in his methods, is probably going to look to do the same. Um, JP, you know, we've spoken a lot about, you know, the depth of the hockey club and Ehlers coming back in mm-hmm. on the top line. But, you know, I think we'd all agree that the Winnipeg Jets are going to go as far as Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley in that top line will take them. Um, we'll get to Hellebuck in a minute. But top line, I mean, obviously they got a couple empty netters. But, you know, they've kept their heads above water and they've kept Connor McDavid off the score sheet what have you seen from the Jets' top line? How have they contributed to these wins from a defensive pr- uh, perspective that maybe we didn't see on a regular basis in the uh, regular season? Well, I think you're seeing a, a bigger concentrated effort from Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Blake Wheeler to not be so aggressive offensively. And I think if there's a 50-50 puck, at times they've bailed. Uh, by bailing, I mean, they pulled out of the zone and they've waited for an- another opportunity, allowing the time of them to regroup. I, I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to, if they can get the puck in deep and work that cycle and the give and go, they're going to be able to spend lots of time and wear Connor McDavid out. But I think they're almost going two guys high in the offensive zone, which allows two layers. So it's, it's a little bit tougher for one four checker to beat two or three Edmonton Oilers. Uh, one quick pass and you're chasing. And that. so the Winnipeg Jets from that line are going to have to be good in the neutral zone to create a turnover and then counter-attack, and I think that's where they can have their success. But the biggest thing I've noticed, Mark Shifley is stopping on every loose puck against Connor McDavid. During the regular season, he would turn, and we all seen that video of Connor McDavid pulling the e-brake on Mark Shifley along the boards during the regular season and burying it to the net. No one wants to admit it, but Mark Shifley had his feet pointing the wrong way in that one. Um, coming in, if he can stop on those battles, he can skate with Connor McDavid in small spaces and keep him contained to the outside. So I think that's been one of the biggest keys is Mark Shifley buying in to staying tight to Connor McDavid and not allowing him time to get away from him and get open. JP, hey, one other exciting thing about the Jet lineup tonight is with the addition of Ehlers. Matthew Pearl goes to the fourth line and Andrew Kopp is reunited with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton on that third line that has been such a part of the Jets' success this season. Um, what does Kopp returning to that line do for that unit? And maybe just a word on the career season that we've seen from Andrew Kopp as he continues to develop in the NHL. Well, I think that this move puts Andrew Kopp in a comfortable place, and I think he can take a little bit more of a leadership role offensively with this group. I think he's kind of the, the, the straw that stirs the drink on that third line. Uh, Appleton and Lowry are the workhorses and the beast, but Kopp sometimes just lays the puck in those open areas and allows those big dogs to get going. Uh, so I think it'll be very interesting. That's a comfortable line. Paul Maurice will you know, almost veto that line, hey, go 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 and he trusts them 100 percent because they do the right things 99 out of 100 times and andrew cop this year has shown uh, with a little bit of trust and a little bit of confidence in his back pocket he can put you know 30 40 50 points in for a season which winnipeg jets have been dying to see more offense from the secondary scoring well that line this year uh, you know when they were together were one of the best lines and they, they you know they were scoring three four five games in a row offensively something we hadn't seen because the previous year Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp both struggled offensively and, and they just seem to have found their way to getting pucks in the net, being simple and almost playing that bully hockey with a little bit of an edge. And I think that's what really holds that line together. 
And JP, of course, the last line of defense is Connor Hellebuck, who continues to be brilliant for the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Big and boring. Uh, you know, like I don't really remember any spectacular saves for the most part. There have been a couple. There was one on Darnell Nurse that was quite good. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still somewhat skeptical of what are classified as high danger chances because I think the Jets have done a great job at giving Hellebuck the opportunity to see most of the pucks that have been getting at him. But, I mean, just your thoughts on where Hellebuck's game is right now and what that does to a team like the Winnipeg Jets in a challenge against Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Well, uh, anytime you have the reigning Vesna winning goalie in net, you have a chance to win. And, and that just gives the team a boost of confidence. And I hate using this line, but back in the day when I played, <laughs> you know, when you had a good goalie in net, you, you could play the game the right way. And at times... It meant that you were going to have a turnover or something was going to happen, but you knew he had you most of the time. And that that just leads to confidence through the decor, allowing them to stand up at the right time, at the right place at the offensive blue lines, allows the forwards to do the right things on the forecheck and in the neutral zone. And that just bleeds through the organization, uh, right from top to bottom, first line to fourth line, knowing, hey, I'm going to bust my butt. Even if I you know fan on the puck, I do something wrong, Connor Hellbuck's going to have my back. And that's what he does uh, night after night. And I think he hasn't had to be fancy because of the buy-in from the Winnipeg Jets on adapting their open ice system to a more of a tight defensive checking game. And I think that's been one of the keys. Simplifies less. They're not winning 5-1 uh, as much anymore or 5-3, but they are having the success against some of the elite players in the National Hockey League. Drysaddle McDavid, hate to say this, they've been null and void uh, for two games. How long that continues, who knows? But I think you keep that same recipe. Keep it to the outside. And at times, the Jets have two players tied on to McDavid. If that's what you need, so be it. See if the other four players on the ice can beat your three. And at that point, you take your chances and uh, see where it goes. JP VJ with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, getting ready for tonight's Game 3 between the Jets and Oilers. I know it's the middle of the long weekend. Yes, we are live. Thanks to everyone that's joining us today for this special edition. And... We'll be back at it tomorrow, 1 p.m. as well, talking about tonight's game and getting ready for tomorrow's Game 4. Vij, what did you think of uh, game, uh, game 2, or really the first two games between Habs-Leafs? Well, it's been to, uh, almost two teams feeling each other out. I, I think Toronto on the first night trying to be not who they were, uh, and I think their identity has changed. They are a skilled team, but they are going to muck it out and let some of the skill come through, and I think we saw that in Game 2, and Game two, Montreal got carried away in the penalties and got rattled. I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to go six or seven. Montreal has found a way to get under their skin. Um, losing John Tavares is nothing you want to see, but that puts a big hole in that second line for the Toronto Maple Leafs. If the Habs can play that feisty, chippy, in-your-face game, I think that uh, annoys the Marners and the Matthews a little too much. So we'll see. I've loved the games. They've been exciting. Um, bring it. It's playoff hockey. I got two TVs set up. I got the computer on the side. We're watching two, three games at a time. My wife thinks I'm crazy. I said, I'm not going anywhere. I might as well watch some hockey. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Speaking of that, um, and your career, uh, Gregory, uh, popped in the chat and said he did not know that you were a member of the hated Chicago Wolves. Greg, I don't know how Greg didn't know that because you were a mainstay of that. You got the 16 up there on the wall. Those were some those were some good battles against the Moose back in the day when you were uh, on the wrong side. Well, they were fantastic rivalries. I mean, to me, that rivalry was uh, 
one of the most fun because coming from close to Winnipeg, when we'd come play here, I think I'd have almost 200 people in the stands. So, you know, you want to put on a show for your family and, and demonstrate that you belong and you want to take it to the, to, you know, the Manitoba Moose who I watched growing up as a kid. Uh, so it was, it was super fun. I, I loved my time in Chicago, the, the, the atmosphere of that arena. Uh, you know, it was a smoky dungeon. The big ashtray. The fans were on you. They boo. Yeah, it was. And it, you know, your sweater stunk, but man, they loved it. And then the noise that came out of there, it was an awesome rink to play. We got to win a championship there. I lost in the finals another year. I think it was some of the best years we had. And, you know, if you ever need anything in that town, it's a big town. It's not or a big city, but they were always there helping you. They had your back. It was a great atmosphere. Yeah, it's, you know, one of those places you, you cherish all the places you go for different things. Uh, Chicago, the passion of the fans. And the intensity, man, if you didn't play a good game, they were going to let you know. If you played a great game, they were going to let you know. So it was just an awesome place to play. Oh, good times. I remember being with the Moose and being down there for some playoff hockey in that old barn. It was uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, and a very, very good time. Hey, just before we go, um, obviously everything's shut down right now. Um, uh, how, are you, uh, how are you holding up right now? And are you just basically waiting for the rings to get back open and get back on the ice with all the work that you're doing? Yeah, we're, you know, we're trying to prepare for what's going to be open again or when we open, trying to stay busy, stay active. My yard is looking mint, uh, spending a lot of time just trying to you know, stay sane in the backyard like everybody else. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, we're uh, chipping away, preparing, and hopefully we can hit the ice in the upcoming weeks and get back to having some fun with some kids out there. How do people find out more about uh, the uh, the JPVJ? Uh, ho- what is it? The, is it a hockey academy at this point yet, or uh, just the, uh, the 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 VJ? Yeah, not quite. Not of yet. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're uh, vjhockey.com is where you can go. All one word. Uh, we have all our camp information there. Some of the different things we do. If it's uh, you know one on one, some teaching, some mental aspect of things, or straight hockey skills. Uh, camps are there. Instagram VJ Hockey. Uh, and then Twitter, JeanVJ11, and away we go. We try and tweet everything out. Uh, social media is not my forte. Uh, <laughs> I do get some help to make sure we do it right. I won't lie. <laughs> uh, but this is my time of reflection and growth, and my growth comes into that aspect right now. <laughs> uh, JP, this has been so much fun. It's great to talk to you again, my friend. Glad to hear everything's going so well with the uh, with the kids and what you're doing on the ice. We'll get you back on the ice. But – while you have time, we won't hesitate to try to get you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk because people loved it, and we really appreciate you having you on today. Yeah, anytime, guys. Uh, let me know. Day, day times. I'm usually free right now, so give me a shout. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Thanks, Vij. There he yeah, is, J.P. Vij, longtime analyst with us uh, back in the uh, Pemina Highway days and, of course, uh, former NHLer with the Thrashers and – he was one of the uh, the big dogs on those Wolves teams going back at it head-to-head with the uh, Manitoba Muse a few years back. Great stuff with J.P. Vijay. Thanks you very much for joining us today. Um, we've got lots going on. As we mentioned, um, if you're looking to get that, I mean, I'm going in blue today. Everyone has said I've got to stay with the 2-0 shirt. I will do that. But some of you might want maybe some last-minute whites, and uh, you can pop by at Royal Sports, safe, sanitized, socially distanced. They've got all white-oak gear there, tons of Jets merch, as well as really merch from pretty much every team on the planet. 
because no one has a bigger selection than Royal Sports. And again, it's hopefully we'll be getting a little warmer in a few days. Uh, disc golf, camping, bikes, fitness, uh, they've got it all at Royal Sports. Pop down, support them. They're incredible supporters of us. 650 Rally and EK and 750 Pembina Highway. And for our friends at Breezy Bend... We've got, this is such an incredible sports day, folks. And the timing of this show is great because we're going to finish up here, get in the rack and watch the PGA Championship and see if Phil Mickelson can become the oldest major winner ever. Phil right now is the leader, seven under par. He'll be playing with the alpha male himself, Brooks Kepka, this afternoon. They're going to be teeing off shortly. Um, Louis Oosthuizen and Kevin Streelman are at five under par. Gary Woodland's at four and then a group at three under, including Paul Casey, Brandon Grace, and then twos, defending champion Colin Morikawa, Sung J.M., Canadian Corey Connors, all within five shots of the lead. It should be an amazing afternoon, and they'll give out the Wanamaker trophy, and then we'll get ready to drop the puck on game three between the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. Um, Remo, great job of... Uh, holding things down both here and on the chat. And by the way, to, uh, it, it's so great to see how many people are with us right now. Well over 300 on a kind of an impromptu show. And we love everybody's takes on the game, but like Adam K and anyone that wants to come in with hot COVID takes, nobody gives a shit. So let's just focus on the game tonight. Game three between the Oilers and Jets. And, uh, and you know, and keep it locked on what we're here to talk about. That Twitter can be the cesspool for all of your takes about the problems with the world. We're here to get ready for game three tonight between the Jets and Oilers. Yeah, thank you for, uh, for saying that. I did have to put on the, the mute button there or, the, or put someone in timeout. And just want to give a shout out to uh, Halverso99 with a super chat. He says, epic Sunday show. Go Jets, go. And yeah, I don't really have chat rules here, but I mean, if you're going on in chat and you get asked to stop and you keep going, you're gonna get you're gonna get muted. We you don't need to come in and bring everyone down. We're here to have a good time. <laughs> we're here to talk about hockey. We're all pumped for the game tonight, so uh, we're keeping on that. So thank you, Huss, uh, for saying that. And uh, and yeah, we'll uh, you know put people in timeout if if we have to. But hey, we're all excited for uh, for the game tonight. Game three. I did not think that we would be at Jets 2-0. Uh, <laughs> I did not think Connor McDavid would have zero points in two games. And I want to clarify something. After the game, I tweeted out, okay, Connor McDavid had, what, 21 points in nine regular season games against the Jets, and now he's got two points. Or sorry, he's got uh, zero points in two games. I just pointed that out. I was, hey, I was just putting it out there for everyone. I'm just as shocked at everyone. And then Rick said to me, don't poke the bear. I'm not poking any bear. I'm not saying, ah, Connor McDavid, you, you stink. You've got zero points. I'm just saying, I can't believe what I've been watching that he's got zero <laughs> points. And uh, there we go. And uh, just a shout out to Evan P. Evan, super thank chat. you. He says, thanks for the great Sunday show. You guys are awesome. So, Oh, Evan, thank you. Well, you know what? Honestly, um, you know, Remo brought it up and I'm like... I'm just going to be watching golf all afternoon and probably talking about the game on the phone with buddies and say, yeah, like, why not? Let's do it. And, um, you know, to see how many people have joined us today is just amazing. Um, and we'll look forward to doing it again tomorrow uh, because, Reem, tomorrow's show is going to be wild. We'll have everything that happened tonight to get to as well as set up what, you know, was obviously always a pivotal game in a series in game four. The big question is, will the Oilers get back into it tonight and it be a 2-1 series or will the Jets be on the verge of a sweep? And that will be the situation if they can 
be the better team tonight through 60 minutes. And I guarantee nobody had that going in. I'm getting uh, chills thinking about the possibility of a Jets sweep. And, you know, we were talking about the odds. The Jets were underdogs for the first two. Uh, they're still a home dog, Huss. Uh, slight, slight dog. I have it coming across the bottom right now. Plus 114 is what I just saw uh, before the start of the show on Cool Bet. So if you want to bet the Jets, you think they got a chance. I mean, listen to VJ talk about Ehlers being on line two, and you've seen what Ehlers has done to the Oilers this year, and you look at the Oilers' bottom lines with McDavid and Dreisaitl on the top line, you're kind of salivating at what Ehlers can do on his speed, and I know people are speculating in chat um, about his health. I think. Look, I don't think they're going to put him in if he's a high probability of getting injured from a hit. We don't know what the injury it is. We're assuming it's shoulder, you know, ish, just based on on that yeah. hit that they wouldn't clarify. That was the hit he got hurt. Well, not to mention in yeah. practice this week, they saw, we while he was in the non-contact jersey, we saw him like jumping into the boards, kind of testing his shoulder on that. I mean, yeah. And listen, if this was the regular season right now, would he be in? Ah, maybe they'd say, ah, let's give him an extra game or two. But I don't think they're going to be putting Nikolai Ehlers in prematurely um, because let's face it, this team is not just planning on playing tonight. I mean, they're in a good position. They hope to move on. They hope to have a long playoff run, and you're going to need Nikolai Ehlers there. And, you know, to bring him back too early and risk re-injuring it, not in the best interest of the club, especially the way the team's played without him for the first two games. So I'm quite confident if Nikolai Ehlers is in the lineup tonight, he will be, now, 100%. What does 100% mean? I don't know. He should be able to participate tonight. I don't think the risk of re-injury would be any more than, um, you know, any other thing that's happened in the past. And the one thing I can guarantee is that he will be flying tonight. Um, and and there's so much talk about Ehlers in the playoffs, too, that he finally got off the schneid with the goals against Calgary. Um, if you think back to the series against St. Louis, he was one of the best Jets in that. Um, you know, he didn't have a great run when the team went in 2018. Um, but he really has turned into a much more complete player, Reem. And, you know, especially as we talked about with J.P. Vigier, his ability to change the Jets' attack when it comes to, you know, gaining possession in the offensive zone is unlike anybody else on the team and really best in the league um and for a team that has had difficulties at times with the dump-ins and Mike Smith getting it turning it the other way be really interesting to see the effect that he can have on that aspect of the game tonight yeah I definitely think um you know his zone entries will be huge I know Kyle Connors kind of taking a bit of a lead there on that top line which as VJ was saying, has looked you know completely different. Um, it's like they knew it was the playoffs and they had to change their game. I don't know, like flipping uh, a switch or something that we talked about that <laughs> may or may not be possible when the playoffs have have started. But I mean, you look at the way it's played, and there's no denying that the Jets have completely changed their style of play. And you know, having Ehlers, a guy again who's up there with McDavid in terms of you know zone entries and skating ability. Um, you know, feasting on those bottom lines. And I remember we talked to Justin Bourne of, uh, was he on Sportsnet now? You know, he played, you know, pro hockey. And he was saying, you know, some guys are just meant to feast on those bottom pair forward or bottom, you know, six forwards. And that's a guy like Nikolai Ehlers whose speed uh, can take advantage. We'll see his shooting tonight. I know there were some questions uh, last week if he was taking slap shots or not just because of his injury. But well, I think we'll have a pretty good idea right away how he's feeling, and I, and I agree. With them up 2-0, if he wasn't healthy, 
Um, they're not putting him in. Uh, they've shown they can win, with, win without him. I mean, it was, and and I think Murat also posted this. It's not like the Jets dominated the Oilers at all. I mean, they're two close games. They got a couple oh. of breaks, and they're up 2-0. But that's what playoff hockey is, and it's been awesome to watch. And for I don't know how many people here picked the Jets. I know a lot of people weren't very high on the team going into the playoffs, but everyone is so fired up here for mm-hmm. uh, this game tonight. And it's awesome to see what they've done with the arena looking white. So uh, having Ehlers back is, you know, Dubois last game, and now Ehlers this game. Uh, the team's healthy, and uh, it's looking good. All right, chat's popping right now. Gregory, uh, so this is a question. Should I watch Game 3 tonight? The Jets are 2-0 and when I don't watch. Uh, Greg, you've got a date with Paul Edmonds tonight. You're listening to the game <laughs> on 680 CHOB. <laughs> don't watch. Let's just keep, let's keep this going. Let's keep the winning formula going. And... Uh, and you know what? You can sit there. You can crush half of a DQ cake that you won in the marble race, and you can listen to Paul. Speaking of Paul, before we finish up, Reem, we got to give a shout-out to both Paulie and Harn Ryan Singh for a couple of great calls of the Stasny Paul OT winner. Stasny! <laughs> they call that the Sing Song way of delivering it. Yeah. I watched that one. Stasny! <laughs> it was beautiful. It was but al- beautiful. But also, I tweeted out uh, Paul Edmonds' call. Of, uh, it was which amazing. Was a, which was a classic. And great job with putting it over the video, too. It looks so cool. Check the uh, Sports Talk WPG Twitter if you did not see that. Yeah, which was a classic... Um, Edmonds call so uh that was that was pretty good and NBC uh, broadcasting the game as well I think Alex Faust who's the nor who's the Kings announcer he had a call as well and you you love that especially on a goal like that where it's completely unexpected uh you know it whips a shot and then you're just going going crazy and um and I look I thought going into this series you know we're seeing all these series in the U.S. with fans people are going nuts and I'm like, oh, it's not going to be as intense, man. That third period, I was sitting on the co- like sitting on the floor in my basement, like unable to move, uh, very, very nervous. So uh, I don't think it really matters when it's playoff hockey. It definitely felt like playoff hockey to me, where anytime any team has a, a possession, uh, you're worried, uh, you know, you're feeling nervous, you're feeling all these different emotions, especially in overtime. So I thought, uh, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Um, okay. I, I just saw somebody mentioning DraftKings and Cop. Um, you know what? I'm just looking. They do have a showdown slate for tonight. So, uh, we'll I'll, crank out I'll, a invites on that 20 person ream. Should I do a showdown or should I do uh, just a regular? Let's just do a showdown. Okay. People, people are, are asking people for, are I haven't played, that. I can be honest, I haven't played DraftKings for playoffs. I kind of, the playoffs speak for itself, but people have been asking. And if you do want to get in, just uh, tweet us uh, your name. I guess our Twitter handle, you know, Winnipeg yeah, Sports Talk. Most people, I think if it's a 20-person contest, the invites should go out. So uh, we'll do that. But, yeah, hit us up on uh, Twitter with your DraftKings handle if you want an invite uh, and you haven't got one uh, before. Um, so we got PGA Championship this afternoon. Uh, it's ugly right now at the World Championships for Canada, getting pumped 4 nothing by the United States. Um and I've got to give, I know we've been talking a lot of hockey and we'll get into some golf, but a quick congratulations to Manitoba's Carrie Anderson. Uh, what an incredible run. I mean, Canada's queen of the pebbled ice has had. Her and Brad Gushu lost in the bronze medal game today. Um, so they aren't coming back with hardware from the world championships. 
but late, well, it was, I guess, early Saturday morning, one of the most incredible comebacks I have ever seen. I know mixed is a little different than regular curling um, to get to the semifinals. It was an incredible Houdini act by Carrie and Brad. Very exciting. Um, but after two months in the bubble, she'll be back out to Gimli, seeing her husband and daughters and um, and get ready for the summer. And then, of course, the Olympic trials coming up. So congratulations, Carrie and Brad. What an incredible couple months they've had in, uh, in uh, the bubble. And now, obviously, coming back from the World Championships. All right, everybody. Before we finish up, hit the like button if you haven't already. Let's get some predictions in the chat. We'll be able to go back tomorrow mm-hmm. and see who the great Kreskin was of tonight's uh, tonight's <laughs> game. I don't like, know. I mean, I still don't have a great feeling on this game tonight, Remus. Um, I feel great about what the Jets have done so far and how they've been able to hold Connor McDavid off the score sheet. And obviously the fact that they're up to nothing. But I certainly do expect a big, big push from Edmonton tonight, led by 97 and 29. And, uh, you know, much like the first two games, I imagine every square inch of ice is going to be contested. I really do think I agree with JP. I think it'll be more of what we saw Friday night in Edmonton. Um, but hey, the way the Winnipeg Jets have uh, have been doing that, they're um, they're poised to can keep it rolling right now. And with a guy playing like Connor Hellebuck is in the pipes, um, it gives you a great chance to win. Because honestly, I thought Mike Smith, frankly, deserved a better fate on Friday as I thought he was the best member of the Oilers that played in the game. So Hellebuck game one was his birthday. Game two, yes. he announced that uh, his wife was pregnant on, or his or his girlfriend announced it on Instagram that they're expecting. Does he have any like special occasions for game three that can pump him up or parents twentieth we... anniversary? Who's twentieth? His parents twentieth anniversary. That... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just searching for searching for things that might be able to be. But yeah, anything, I mean anything that we can uh, get back and anything that we can you know ride for uh to give us confidence in Hellbuck. So I may take him I don't usually take him as like captain on showdown, but I, I might have to. But you have to think, McDavid, two games without a point. Dry cycle, two games. That, like that's not continuing. There's just no way. But I would have told you before the series, there's no way that for the first two games they have zero points. So everything you thought about the Winnipeg Jets during the regular season Throw it out the window. They are a completely different team right now. They are playing different. They've known that it's play. You know, I think that the experience for them has going through the series a couple years ago and playing, you know, going to the conference final and playing versus the Blues, being down 0-2 and crawling to come back and tie that series up before losing in a uh, dramatic fashion in Game 5, which... Uh, we won't forget about as much as we want to. <laughs> no, nope. we're gonna remember. You gotta that. learn. You gotta learn from the game fives yeah. of the past and prevent and, them from happening and the Oilers, in the future. I don't think they have that. And you see some guys. I mean, Mason Appleton uh, coming in, bumping Mike Smith. You know, making it look like uh, doing it intentionally, but making it look like an accident. That is those little things in the playoffs. Where if I'm an Oilers fan, I hate Mason Appleton. You know, he did that on purpose. But if you're a Jets fan, <laughs> you. Love that, and you love that they're they've found a, a different level to their game, which we didn't think uh, was possible. So uh, I can't wait to see what that line looks like back with Cop. Um, I mean, yes. listen, and I love Cop. What he's been able to do when he's moved up into the lineup has been very admirable. But the Jets are at their best when Andrew Cop is playing with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton on that third line, and um, obviously they've got a lot of work ahead of them handling the likes of McDavid and Drysaitel as to the Shifley line. But when you have, and this is no offense to Matthew Pro, I think played quite well, but 
cop with the offense that he's added to his game and the way that they're able to control play. Um, you know, listen, they got to get things done first and foremost defensively, but I think that line is more potent offensively now with Kopp back with uh, Appleton and Lowry. For sure, and Perot has done damage on the fourth line this year. There was some talk about, you know, you got to keep Toninato in. We know how the Jets operate, um, Union Chop. So Perot, he's a veteran. He's played all, all year. Toninato, uh, you did great, but, um, you know, we got to move to the back of the line. And, uh, you know, you're, that game one goal, game winning goal will always be remembered. But, um, yeah, Perot, I mean, he's just the, the guy who has to come out. It's unfortunate. I mean, you could say other guys deserve to play. But the Jets, I mean, you just look at their depth, and then you compare it to uh, the Oilers' depth at forward, and you're like, oh, well, we'll see uh, how the matchups work out this evening. Yeah, no doubt. Well, anyways, it is going to be uh, a great sports-watching day. PGA Championship coming up. Oh, Canada's got on the board. No shutout for Jake Ottinger. Um and then, of course, we'll drop the pocket about uh, 6.30. You know, as I mentioned, I'll be joining uh, John Shannon and Kelly Moore, 4.30 today on the CJOB pregame show. And Remo, tomorrow's show is going to be fun. Um, we'll probably grab another guest as well, but I think sort of the second half of tomorrow's show will be a little bit of a collab with the Illegal Curve Boys, hoping to have both Ezzy and Drew with us on. And, uh, of course, be sure to check out I see on YouTube right after the game tonight. Mm-hmm. They'll go for an hour or so, then hand it over to Kenny and Rennie. The guys keeping up our uh, our YouTube team, keeping up the great content for Jet fans throughout the playoffs. And then the guys will come on tomorrow. We'll break down game three. And uh, right back at it tomorrow, Remus, getting ready for game four. And don't forget, that's a late one, 845. So might want to uh, plan a nice, long, leisurely, long weekend nap if you have to work on Tuesday, so you'll be able to take in the entire game. Yeah, I, I'm very uh, very pumped for that 8.45 start. It's going to be great. Maybe we'll get uh, overtime that goes on, uh, you know, a couple things. Then we'll see uh, Kenny and Randy how late they really can go. I think they went till <laughs> like, 2 uh, after the last one. So Well, they I, I went on with them after one of the late games on, I believe it was a Saturday night or well, whatever day it was. And, man, I think we were on the air till. I think I left at about 1.45 a.m., and I think they went for another 15 or 20 minutes. So uh, everybody's grinding right now, but it's a hell of a lot of fun with the excitement around here, despite not being able to be in the building tonight. Um, but fans will be remembered. There's the whites are on all the chairs. There just won't be any butts in the seats, which, of course, is quite unfortunate. But that is the way it is. Um, let's quickly hit the lines for CoolBet. Um, interesting to know that this is really a desperation do-or-die game for the Edmonton Oilers, and the Oilers are favored in this game tonight. Uh, minus 128 Jets, plus 115 underdogs at home, despite being up to nothing. Um, Avalanche, heavy favorites, minus 233 over the St. Louis Blues, and the Boston Bruins, minus 130 favorites on the road against the Washington Capitals. Capitals need that win to stave off elimination. They are plus 116 underdogs. And uh, Remo, I guess right now we're, they're underway in Music City and the Preds with a one nothing lead early on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, Carolina, they were my pick. Uh, Nashville ended up winning the last one in, in overtime. Matt Duchesne, I was, did you know he was still in the league, Huss? He's kind of signed that, <laughs> that deal and oh, disappeared. God. I mean... So he's falling off. Qu- 16 million, 16 million bucks invested in Johansson and Duchesne per year. And uh, that's been a big reason why they, I mean, uh, elsewhere in their lineup, uh, they've got great value. They've got awesome defense. They've got Roman Yossi, one of the best in the league. 
but the center position just has not done it. Although they did get a win. Well, we'll see what happens uh, coming up tonight. Uh, again, hockey throughout the afternoon, 6.30 p.m. We'll get going tonight at Bell MTS Place. And then we'll be back at it tomorrow, 1 p.m. for a Victoria Day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, Remo, great stuff today. Glad we did this. Oh, yeah. I mean, what else What else are we going to do? Sit at home and talk about the game and not stream it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, folks, uh, thanks to everyone that joined us. Uh, amazing turnout today on a little impromptu show. We really appreciate your support. Uh, if you can, if you're listening on a podcast, just go and rate and review. Give us a five-star rating if you can. Make a little nice comment in there. That certainly helps Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're getting the from. And again, if you haven't already subscribed, hit that red subscribe button. Give us a like on the way out. Hit that thumbs up and uh, make sure to plan to join us tomorrow at 1 o'clock here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Big thanks again to Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, CoolBet.com, Breezy, Bend Country Club and Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Folks, enjoy the game tonight. Again, 4.30. If you want to tune in to CGOB, I'll be chopping it up with Kelly Moore and John Shannon about tonight's game. Nice. And then we'll back at it tomorrow, 1 o'clock, here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily to get ready for Game 4 between the Jets and Oilers. Have a great rest of the afternoon and enjoy tonight's game. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on WST. Oh, my God! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.